Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Wrestler Review. Today we will talk about noted sadist and clearly closeted homosexual Jonathan Bradshaw Layfield, also known as Ooh. Dylan Gott's favorite wrestler and person he is the most like. Can I tell you something? Yeah. I watched Justin Hawk Bradshaw and I forgot how much I loved Justin Hawk Bradshaw as a kid. <laughs> I fucking loved him. I remember because I was like, what, we were like 11 or 12? Yeah. Okay, so I just remember when he was branding people, I, I remember clearly thinking, being like, oh, fuck, that would fucking suck. And for some reason, <laughs> I knew wrestling was fake, but I was like, they got to do something about this guy. But I was like, of course they're not actually branding them, you idiot. But I was just like, that's trouble. Well, that's the weird thing about uh, when Bradshaw debuted in 95, it was like every other character was like, this race car driver's nice. And Bradshaw was just, here's a guy, he uh, punches. The end. Like, that was his whole character, and it was kind of, like, weirdly, like... It's weird because it kind of fizzled out, but... It's sort of like this was the era of everyone having jobs, and it would be like, yeah. well, if Duke the Dumpster Drossy, instead of just bringing a trash can to the ring, he brought the audience behind a dumpster and was like, here's the dead body. If you fuck him, <laughs> If you fuck him, it keeps him warm. Like, you were like, whoa, no! Like, actually realistic to if these jobs were, like, if these people with jobs were real. <laughs> the Duke the Dumpster Drossies, all his promos are just him complaining about his cunt ex-wife. Yeah, H Henry Ogan just, just like, uh, I'm getting sued by fucking Monsanto again just because their fucking seeds blew on my property. <laughs> Don't think I don't fuck these pigs. <laughs> also, Savio Vega, you're dead or whatever. Yeah. Mostly I fuck the pigs, though. <laughs> yeah, what was... Savio Vega was a... What was Savio Vega's job supposed to... I think it was just m man in slacks. That's the, that's the best thing, where Vince McMahon clearly was like, I've got an idea for a character. You're Puerto Rican and cover up your chest. <laughs> that's, that's what it was. Oh, no. I know what it was. He was like, ah, everyone has a job. Well, this is Savio Vega. Puerto Rican doesn't have a job. <laughs> that's good stuff. Thank you. Mm. Goodbyes. Everything the wrestling review. If, if Savio Vega had come during that little joke, that would have been the perfect encapsulation of the wrestler review right there. Well, that's the crazy thing is like a lot of your a lot of the stars uh, who made it in the night in who came in in the mid nineties and then made it in the late nineties. Savio Vega had like long drawn out feuds with under their first character. If you think about Austin, if you think about JBL. Uh, Holy shit! Yeah. As well, yeah. Savio Vega was like once again, if the dirt cheats, ooh, or being an internet wrestling fan, being a smart mark was a bigger thing in 1995, 96. He would have been one of those guys who like won the Intercontinental Title begrudgingly because so many like old nerds would have gotten behind him because he was like a real deal. Like he was the duality of being a great worker and being the real deal backstage. So everyone respected him. It's just that he looked like a little ball of fat. Like he looked yeah. like a baby with a bunch of scars because he's in wrestling. Yeah. He looked like, um, he looked like a bunch of meatballs in a sleeveless shirt. Um, <laughs> this is Puerto Rico. You blade with a butter knife here. Why? Cause it hurts more and you're a man. Also, this is fake, but don't tell anybody. Yeah. Kiss me on the lips. <laughs> so many things just happened. <laughs> Mr. Jovica. Um, so, uh, I hate that I got that right. 
The other thing with it is that uh, Savio Vega was also had like the most respect at the back because he was the only Puerto Rican wrestler that stopped wrestling for the Port- or Capital Wrestling Company or whatever. Yeah, the clones when Bruiser Brody died. So all of the old school yeah. wrestlers were like, this guy's with us. And then, of course, The Undertaker and Kane and a bunch of other wrestlers continued to go down to Puerto Rico because they kept paying him. And you're like, well, even still. Being self-employed is shit, I was just going to say, because like, I can think <laughs> of so many, so many instances of comedians being like, yeah, that guy's a real dick. I fucking hate that piece of shit. And then the next week, headlining the club. You know what I mean? <laughs> if I was g- like, yeah, I mean, he's a dick, but I won't cancel. Th- I need $600. If I get <laughs> murdered by a club opener, Dylan, how many weeks until you play that club? Oh, I'll play it that night. <laughs> <laughs> how are you being murdered, though? Stabbed in the shower. Same as Bruiser Brody. Same situation. I'm showering at the comedy club for no reason. <laughs> That's what I would do. Oh, I was I was thinking about this business. What if I opened a rib store, but you, they had showers in there? It's like a gym. <laughs> <laughs> See, I think it's good. <laughs> I think oh after you eat enough of <laughs> enough meat, you need a shower and to like shave and you like just like reset. <laughs> just fe- who are you? You know what I mean. To go back to the episode, you could call it Layfield's Rib House, and it would be perfect. <laughs> yeah, and then and then a man comes in the shower and just soaps you up. No, yeah, just <laughs> I'm not gonna take it, but I could. Yeah, just just so you know, I think about you when I'm with my wife. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to open a rib house with a... Sh- yeah. That's, it's such a good idea and also is the most on-brand thing you have ever said in your entire life. I mean, it would take a lot to get people to take the showers. Like, it'd be like something everyone <laughs> made fun of, but inside they're like, that's a good idea. 100%. I want to make fun of you, but it's like... No, 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 no. I've eaten enough ham where you're just like, (laughs) everyone get out. I have to be alone. (laughs) That's one of those things you could do if you were like an ironic celebrity. Like if David Hasselhoff had a rib house where that was the thing, (laughs) they'd be like, absolutely, I'll go into David Hasselhoff's rib house. But then you'd have to have a smoking room. And the, re- and the deal is you have to smoke in the smoking room to get in. <laughs> also, like it would be like uh, in like the Midwest in Chicago, I went to this like steakhouse by Wrigley Field with my dad after we went to the game. And it was also like a gentleman's bar. And in the bathroom was just a full barber shop. <laughs> I feel like your dad probably smoked a cigar in that place. And they were like, uh, sir, you can't smoke in here. And it goes wrong. You can't smoke in here. And then the waiter went, cool. <laughs> And then your dad fucked that waiter. It wasn't in Canada during this the This is 80s. for power. Yeah. <laughs> just just so you know, you are consenting to this. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> just so you know, me saying it's consent counts as consent. Yeah. You can check the law. I don't know if you know this, but I've worked for Canadian prime ministers, so I know what consent is. <laughs> That's a, a sidetrack uh, before we start talking about JBL, but I just listened to this, if anyone here wants to get into politics, ooh baby, slow burn by the slate, and I r- listened to the whole thing about the Bill Clinton, Monica Lewinsky stuff, near the end it gets very sad, but my favorite part was, I forgot this part where his defense was, because he said I did not have sexual relations with that woman, and uh, he was like, and the way he got through it was like, yeah, I didn't have sexual relations. She blew me. I didn't fuck her. Yeah. <laughs> that's so, du- that's so 
horrible and funny. He also the other thing did they go into the ho- did they go into the whole is thing? Can you define is? Yes, they did. They did a very, very, very in-depth. It's called Slow Burn. It's a podcast. They did one on Watergate and one on the Lewinsky thing. And, uh, man, I just love the idea of, like, you step out one night, you fool around with a girl, and then your girlfriend goes, you cheated on me. And she says, hey, baby, you go, hey, baby, she cheated on you. My dick was just there. She just sucked it. (laughs) I didn't even kiss her. <laughs> like, and then your girlfriend being like, well, I mean, semantically, you're correct. And just moving on. <laughs> My favorite part of the scandal, did they go into what Hillary did when she found out that Monica Lewinsky blew Bill? This is the best. No, they just talked about like the political ramifications of everything. Oh, so he apparently, this has never been confirmed, but everyone's like, yeah, it's true, though. It, like James Carville has been like, well, I've heard that story. So you're like, yeah, it's real. She found out about it. He walked into the residence and she threw a lamp at him in front of the Secret Service who then legally have to draw their guns and shoot her now because she assaulted the president and he had to be like, no, no, get out. I'll give her five. And she yelled at him for five minutes and then... Uh, he walked back out and went back down to the office. Well, that's the funny, because they are, it is the president and the first lady. So above all, this is a woman who's like, this is a, this is a career woman. This is a, yeah. You know what I mean? This isn't, this is, yeah. She'll allow herself five fucking minutes to be a person and then it's back to business woman. Oh no, she did, but she wasn't, she, she didn't live at the White House for the rest of their presidency. She fucked off. Like she was just like. You dumb motherfucker. Like, they clearly have an open relationship. We need to talk about JBL, but let me say, they clearly have an open relationship, and her deal is, just don't get fucking caught, you dumb fucking idiot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't make, don't make me look like a fucking asshole. And unfortunately, Bill Clinton prescribes to the John Hastings school of, what are you doing so close to where I work? And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, goddamn right. Oh! Um, I just noticed that you are around me. Um... <laughs> so that means that, uh, you know, you're going to get your hand uh, caught in the hunting jar. Unlike Dylan Gott, who just, you know, bangs it out in cars with various black ladies. Various. Yeah. It's not just, it's anyone. Anyone who will bang me in a car. It's not really selective. That's true. The car is mandatory, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Speaking of fucking things that are square, John Bradshaw Layfield is one of the worst human beings. I'm going to say he's worse than Chris Benoit. I don't... You know, I I was thinking about this. John Bradshaw Layfield and Eric Bischoff are, like, really close and really good, and they're really good in in specific ways, and they're very easy to hate because they're seemingly no redeeming qualities and but i mean by that is you'll hear jim Cornette speak highly of him and you'll hear bruce pritchard speak highly of him and you'll probably hear in futures vince mcmahon speak highly of him and the thing those guys have in common with is they're his, they're his bosses like this is a brown nosing gets away with it be, uh, b- asshole at work yeah, he's a bad person. Yeah, and but there's no like, oh, he had a head injury. Oh, he had a rough family life. He was actually very sickly as a kid and then grew up and immediately made that not a point. But I guarantee that was a strategy because his dad wanted to buy the doctor's office to expand his property portfolio. So he was like, John, <laughs> remember, we John, are... John, la- there's a bunch of orphans living on a beach. You need to be sick on the beach. Yeah, John, remember... 
either the family gets money or I make you watch what I did to your mom. You mean have sex with my mom? <laughs> yes, you will watch it, all right. Um, yeah, so basically, let's just do his early life. John Bradshaw Layfield was born November 29th, 1966 in Sweetwater, Texas. It was renamed Bitter Shithole when JBL moved there. He trained... Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, fuck yeah, you. Fuck you, JBL, you Nazi cunt. Uh, he was trained under Black Bart and Brad Riggins. Uh, he was sick a lot as a child. Um, and he said that he uh, was always inspired. But he loved reading because he was always stuck inside. And it inspired him to scale Mount Everest later in life. Oh, hey, John Bradshaw Layfield, when you're trying to accomplish that goal, did the Sherpas try and soap you up or beat you up, you fucking loser? Hey, John Bradshaw yeah. Layfield, if you hear this, my name is John Hastings. My email can be email re, uh, the rest of the review at gmail.com. I challenge you to a physical fight, which you will win, but understand this. I will take one of your testicles with me. I'm going to rip one of your <laughs> fucking balls off. How much money do I need to donate to charity? We're going to go five rounds in a ring, you fucking piece of shit. And I'm bringing a gun, and I'm going to shoot you in the fucking foot, you bully fuck. Actually, you know what? I would guarantee win, because Joey Styles. Alt-right blogger and 11-year-old boy, Joey Styles, knocked you out, you dumb know, bitch. Joey Styles is pretty buff. <laughs> no, he's not. He is pretty fat guy buff. You can look at it. He's a guy who takes creatine but no protein powder, if you look at his face. Ooh. He's just puff. Interesting. I disagree. I think that that's a lot of ice cream. <laughs> People, do, people don't focus on Joey Styles' body because he's a lot like Michael Cole, where his face is so weird and not intimidating that you don't look at his beautiful, beautiful body. I just look at how small his hands... Like Joey Styles has some of the smallest hands I've ever seen on an adult. I think... That's the weird thing, though. I'm so glad that Joey Styles knocked out JBL so that he couldn't... This is the thing about, obviously, bullies, is that like no one really called jbl out on his shit like if you look at all of the times that jbl ever bullied somebody all right it well, was always in the ring because it's wrestling and you can't ruin the play but it's also one of those things where jbl also surrounds himself with people that people either respect or people can't fuck with let's just catch up to the modern era and then we can go through all of it he played football he almost made it on the oakland raiders uh he didn't actually make it on the oakland raiders because al davis was like well you're not he excellent was on the practice squad he was on the practice squad and al davis knows has an eye for talent and he saw this blonde fuck and was like oh that guy will probably sexually assault my quarterback get him the fuck out of oakland <laughs> and then JBL was like, oh, I won't throw. And then he cried because he's a little bitch. You're a little bitch, JBL. Then he wrestled at That's the such a crazy team, too, because uh, at the time, JBL would have been on the Raiders or on the practice squad. It would have been JBL and the quarterback of the Raiders, Todd Marinovich, who did heroin but was still pretty good at football. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the Oakland Raiders <laughs> are the greatest fucking – like every story of them is – Howie Long and another one of the players just did a bunch of cocaine with Anthony Cadis's dad before they won the Super Bowl. Great stuff. Yeah. I love I love LA any Oakland LA Raiders uh stories. But yeah, sorry. Uh his pro wrestling career starts in the Global Wrestling Federation because uh, which he gets through Brand Rangans and his first gimmick is Justin Hawk. He's he's another weird one. He's a lot like Kane. He was only wrestling for what three years before he's yeah three years before he's in uh, the WWF. Well, it's because he's unlike Kane. 
who's just the nicest man ever and was just like, I'm happy to be here. I just want to let you know I've folded your laundry. I took the liberty of going to your house and folding your laundry. <laughs> uh, JBL is a brown-nosing fucking schmoozer, and he's gotten this far. This guy, br- we're both stand-up comedians. We're bo- I'm for sure picturing about eight people that I'm like, oh, this guy is this guy. And it... The one problem with, and it's very interesting because JBL in wrestling has the career that all brown nosers have, which is certain people like them and they get a certain way, like they get a certain way up the top, but they get fucked over and will always live in the shadow of never being perfect, never making it all the way. You're never going to make it all the way, John. Guess what? Because Triple H did the one thing you can never do pleasure a woman. I don't, th- I think it's just basic. I mean, the differences between Triple H and. Uh, JBL are numerous. The funny thing is, I think that later in his career, while he was never even close to being the wrestler that Triple H was, later in his career, I will say JBL was a better promo than Triple H. Like, I think Triple H is like one of the worst promos ever for that level of star he is. I completely agree with everything you're saying. The one thing I'll give JBL is he's an exceptional heel. He was He's one of the best bad guys of the last 20 years. Because he's genuinely a piece of shit, and they were just like, that on camera, and that's what he did, and you were just like, oh, fuck this guy. Yeah, I really jumped off the camera, but here's, I mean, here's where we're going wrong, first of all. here His idols are Bruiser Brody, uh, Dory Funk Jr., that checks out. Oh, Fritz no. Von Eric. Oh, no. And he said he his entire wrestling life was colored by advice from one man, Dick Murdoch. He said, <laughs> make something happen. And that became my philosophy in life. If your philosophy in life is Dick Murdoch and then make something happen and then the end of that, because he cut himself off because it was to the blacks. Yeah. And then he paused and it went negative something. Yeah, make something happen. Make something happen that wipes Israel off the planet. <laughs> <laughs> that's what yeah dick murdoch's merch was uh, i'm the cat i'm uh i'm tech i'm the fucking captain redneck dick murdoch and then on the back it said wipe israel off the planet <laughs> <laughs> yeah dick murdoch uh, re- uh just ironically blacked out africa on all of his world maps um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he took magic marker to the continent of Africa and yeah. just put doesn't count. Yeah, not there. New Australia. <laughs> New Australia. That's so fucking funny. But he was in uh he went on his first tour of Japan in 1993 cuz basically off the hop JBL's a finished product. And by that I mean out of a, let's say in ring he's a 5 or 6 out of 10. And the weird thing about JBL is he never gets better or worse. He is just he starts I've seen his GWF stuff. He was a 5 or 6 out of 10 in his second year wrestling and people must have thought this guy could be the fucking next Stan Hansen and he just never got better. Yeah. Which is fine. But like, I but also when you're the next 6 Stan out of 10 Hansen, you're a mid card guy. But, but also watch a Stan hang on though. But watch a Stan Hansen match. Stan Hansen is all character and the people that he wrestles. Stan Hansen is basically yeah! Lariat. Ah! Like, that's it. And JBL that's just what laughs. I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Is Stan Hansen's like, wait. They thought, oh, this guy's going to be turning to be fucking amazing. And then he just was like, nowhere close. Because here's a weird thing is he's too, like, pretty to be Stan Hansen. He looks too young the whole time. Where it's just like this young. He looks like a. He looks like exactly what it is. He's just like a fucking 
baby-faced piece of shit. Yeah. Like, he looks like just... He looks like the third guy. You know the funny thing? Rene Dupree said this, and it's exactly who he comes across as on screen, too, is he's Ben Affleck from Dazed and Confused. Kind of this, like, impotent <laughs> guy who can beat up certain people. <laughs> it's true, though. He's walking around with a board. He's he's smacking 12-year-olds. As soon as he hits a 16-year-old, he's like, mm, I'm sorry, sir. <laughs> Take it. Oh, that's so fucking funny. Oh, you know how so mean that is to... Oh, that's so fucking good. But that's true, though. It's like wrestling locker rooms, from what I've seen, is like if you're if you were in and out of the company and you just kind of like showed up and then JBL hated you because like... And then he was mean to... Well, we'll get into it, but he was like straight up just mean to a bunch of actors. <laughs> like Just like actors just trying to have a job. And he's like, you don't belong in the locker room. Yeah. Shut up. It's just this is a job, man. Treat it like it's a fucking job. He's the kind of guy that would walk up. He's the kind of person that would be upset you don't know an inside joke. Are you BSK or the Click? Um, I'm a grip from the USA Network. I didn't ask you for your religion. <laughs> so he was set to join actually Smoky Mountain Wrestling in '95 uh, to wrestle Buddy Landell, but then the company closed after yeah. that. You, oh, oh! do you know why the company closed, by the way? Uh, because Jim Cornette got caught uh, jacking off in all the locker rooms. <laughs> no, no, no. They knew about that from day one. Uh, okay, good. All right, good. Um, uh, Rick Rubin met JBL, and JBL was just like, your beard looks like my wife's pussy hairs. And then he tried to fuck uh, Rick Rubin because JBL's a secret gay man. And Rick Rubin was like, shut this company down. <laughs> That's so funny. Where is the... Where is the, the the music moguls trying to get into wrestling now? How come there's no... How come Meek Mill doesn't have a wrestling organization? Or yeah. Migos doesn't have... Why didn't Mac Miller leave his vast fortune to... <laughs> to Joey Ryan. Yeah, to Joey Ryan and Gabe Sapolsky. Gabe Sapolsky? Well, most of this I'm going to send on legal fees because I didn't send those messages to those 11-year-olds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what people don't understand about me is that sometimes, you know, the fact that most wrestling bookers look like pedophiles, one of us had to turn out to be one. <laughs> Gabe Sapolsky looks like patient zero for so, uh, all the kid porn in the world. <laughs> like, what is weird is no one talks about that that guy was Paul Heyman's protege. That's all I'm going to say. He looks so much like Paul Heyman's protege. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like every time South Park draws a fucking nerd. <laughs> I'm back in the wrist braces because I have, I have wrist problems from typing my weak bitch wrists can't take all the typing take that i'm sleepy again <laughs> fuck you fuck you fat fuck fat, yeah fuck, fuck. jail jail rapist jail <laughs> he short he had a short run with uh, once the gwf shut down with the nwa north american heavyweight championship he'd beat kevin von eric and then lost it to greg the hammer valentine what so that's good he and then Kevin Van Eric was like, here's what it's like when your dad grabs you and doesn't let go. Yeah. What has it been like to wrestle Kevin Von Eric in 1994? And in this corner, he's crying and yelling the name David. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he goes to whisper in a spot. JBL goes, okay, duck the clothesline. And then Kevin goes, my brothers are all dead. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> yeah. Are you? Oh, is that you, Gino Hernandez? Uh, no, I I think everyone's <laughs> Gino Hernandez. 
yeah, even ancillary characters don't become my friend, then you'll kill yourself. Yeah. Also, <laughs> drop duck the drop kick. What? <laughs> Here's what no one talks about. Every time one of my brothers passed away, Mean Gene was in town learning how to do, give interviews. <laughs> Welcome, everyone. David's about to have an accident. Yeah, to my vengeance. <laughs> David, do you want some sushi? Carrie, here's a motorcycle for you. Yes. <laughs> Kevin, do you want to try some baking soda? Fr- Fritz von Erich didn't offer me some peach cobbler when he mentioned he had a delicious peach cobbler. So I made him the father of four dead sons. <laughs> That'll teach you not to have any peach cobbler for me, Fritz. Anyway. Yeah. Guess what, Fritz? You might be a close personal friend of mine, but I fucked your son Carrie's bullet hole. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so fucking sorry. I feel Did very... he do it with bullets? Yeah, he shot himself in the head. And I only know that because in the documentary, Kevin, they came up on a hill and they saw him shoot himself in the head and Kevin ran to grab his head and he put his finger in the bullet hole and it's one of the worst things I've ever oh. known. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, it's just something I have to live with because I love wrestling. That's just a oof. that's a piece of hellish information for the dad. You know what the you know what the differences between liking wrestling and real professional sports is the man I mentioned, Todd Marinovich. His dad, like, basically, it's it's almost it's almost exactly uh, exactly a Von Eric story where his dad like was a uh, his dad was a nutritionist and like did performance for athletes. So he literally with his son decided to see how good an athlete he could make just from the womb so he never oh he this never guy ga- i know this i've heard of this yeah, guy yeah, yeah 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 he never gave his son any like he did his son didn't have a pop like a soda until he was like 19 and then of course if you do that when you're 19 you just immediately pick up a pop you're like oh that was pleasurable and then he just starts smoking crack as the next thing so that's basically <laughs> what he did <laughs> but now him and his dad have like a good relationship and like get along really well and and uh marv mernovich is still like one of the top uh trainers of athletes in the world and todd you know is recovered heroin addict and he's like i still talk to my dad and it's you know what i mean we're working on obviously our relationship is strained but me and my father love each other and in wrestling they all die <laughs> and one guy lives in a no taxes country on the beach <laughs> and if you want to uh if you if you want to interview him you have to hide it from the feds <laughs> yeah 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 Hey, what's up, everybody? I just want to l- introduce you to my wife, who's also a baby. <laughs> so, finally, finally, uh, JBL gets to the WWF uh, in 1995. He debuts as Justin Hawk Bradshaw, as we mentioned. His manager is Dutch Mantel. Uh, he carries around a bull rope and brands people, but they use ink because it's 1996 and, no, and everything has to be shitty. Yeah. They I'm- give him a big push. Now, here's the difference. Here's why JBL, I want to say, here's where JBL stands apart from a lot of other people is that it's 1995. He has a year push where he beats everybody and then loses Savio Vega and they scratch the character. Most people would just be fired, but JBL uh, is smart enough to... Be nice to who he needs to be nice to that he gets a second chance with the new Blackjacks. That, of course... Is a disaster. Also fucking... Yeah, so bad, so dumb. It debuts, and then Vince Russo takes complete control of creative. Jim Cornette's off the creative team, and so, like, the only way the new Blackjacks were going to work is that if there's, like, they're gay porn stars who shit. 
Yeah. <laughs> the, the new blackjacks. That's their finishing move. Shitting out the cum they just took at each other's ass <laughs> into each other's mouths. The other guys are grossed out. They're tapping. They win. <laughs> Everyone sitting back who didn't live through the Attitude Era, I'm I'm absolutely shocked we didn't get that. No, because as we've discovered on this this program, the actual crazy stuff happened after the ad, like 2002 is just like Billy just shit Chuck's come on to Rico Constantino. <laughs> but that's the all right. Well, that's the whole uh, weird storyline shit. And this is the this is a very important phase in JBL's career because this is JBL gaining enough stature within the company that he can start being a cunt to people. This is what this is. Now, JBL, every to a man, every like old Southern wrestling dude loves JBL because they see fucking echoes of just like a territory big man who would come in, beat the shit out of people, and leave. Like he's like the new. He is a legitimately a new and worse Bill Watts because he wants to be Stan Hansen, but he hits Bill Watts. And what I mean by that is uh, ex football player who moves pretty good in the ring, but unlike Bill Watts wasn't a good promo until he became the city slicker jbl this is like him gaining enough like i said standing within the company that he can start molesting young men in the shower yeah like he literally he worked really hard to be able to make sure that when a man tries to fuck his wife he's gonna have to cry for it (laughs) but that's it new blackjacks and then like this is another thing man this is how good he is this is how this um, they they really really liked him very clearly because he has two out and out failed gimmicks over the course of three years and they keep him in the fucking company and not only do they do that they put him with Bradshaw. Well, can I? Or sorry, sorry, Farouk. Can I explain though? But part of that is he's a big man, um, and also it probably is a combination of he kissed ass and also probably. Just shut the fuck up about, like, just didn't talk. Yeah, 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 that's true. true. He knows exactly, he knew exactly, like, look at the guys who trained him. Brad Rangans, Black Bart, he gets advice from Dick Murdoch. Like, these are guys who knew exactly how to also he's, uh, massage situations like this in an old school wrestling environment, which 1998, it still very much is. And also, by the way, he's a goon for The Undertaker. That's the other thing that we need to discover. At this point, he's the low man for, like, fucking... Uh, yeah, he's a poor man's Triple H. He's a, No, 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 but he was... How Triple H walked up to the click and was like, yes, can I carry you. your bags? Perfect, he perfect, did the same perfect, thing perfect, to The Undertaker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what it is. And so he ended up being having the most powerful protection in the fucking company, which was... Undertaker, we're going to fire JBL. No, he he gets me things. No, because you don't understand that I'm the American badass and it's my yard. This is... Do you want Big Evil to stomp a mud hole? Also... Dead man walking. Get that... Get that... Get that father of two away from me. He's scaring me. I butted him in line and now he wants to fight. (laughs) Dead man walking. Like, it's just fucking. <laughs> he only responds in his old bad t-shirts. Big evil, dead man walking. Dead man walking. Big- you want to do it? I can. I lost all respect. You want to do it? Mark Calloway. <laughs> the fucking minute. The minute he fucking did that. Like, just go. Fu- A man actually just fought for his life. And you, you want to do it? No. 
fuck you. You want to do it? It's so weird that they, I don't know. The things that would be unearthed with a Brock Lesnar shoot interview. Firstly, he would go to jail because he'd talk about his courting process with Sable. <laughs> oh my God. First of all, he'd go to jail because he would talk about his views on race and sexuality. The ESPN article still, I mean, we did a Brock Lesnar episode it was a while ago. It was kind of like when we weren't feeling the show that much. So it's kind of quick. But the ESPN article where he shows up on an ATV, he's like, to answer your first question, no, I don't like gay guys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was very, very early in the show. So we were just sort of like, it was exactly the same as the show is now. What are we talking about? That we like, oh, we had to stumble into the format. Oh, two idiots say come a lot. What happened was I just yawned more into the microphone. That's the only difference between then and now. Yeah. And the other thing is like, if you think about Brock Lesnar, think about a guy who lived in North Dakota and went, you know what? Two city slicking for me. So he crossed the border, I'm assuming on foot into Saskatchewan, where there's only one rule, and that is kick them if they make less money than you. Yeah, 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 yeah. So in other words, Brock Lesnar's absolute dream. So what we're going to do is, before we get into the APA, who produced the greatest t-shirt of all time, we're going to take a break, and then we're going to talk about the APA, we're going to talk about JPL, uh, JBL, and then we're going to kiss a picture of each other's friends. <laughs> I sent John a picture of my best friend growing up, and he's going to put on lipstick and kiss a picture of him. Yeah, what? that's how we... That's how you show your friendship. (laughs) More of this after the break. Hey, Dylan. Have you ever thought about giving us money because we fucking do a good fucking job for these fucking ungrateful fans? They're all pieces of shit. Every fucking week, we take time to research this show, then forget most of it and talk about who would like to come on. Yeah. I think that deserves money. And by we, we mean a guy we've met a few times, and he needs money because I keep promising to pay him, but then I say, no, haven't earned it. Why? <laughs> yeah. I spend the money on candy and hummus. Separately. I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't dip the candy in hummus. That would be a Old taste. Old Snickers sensation. Bar Hummus Hastings over here needs money. Patreon.com backslash wrestler review, or rate and subscribe on iTunes, or do both. And here's another one. Fucking shut the fuck up, buddy. Yeah. Right now, are you talking? Are you talking? Are you talking to me? Where are you listening on? Were you doing dishes? Turn, fucking turn, break all your dishes, you fucking bitch. Yeah. <laughs> shut your cock washer and use your fucking dick grabbers to give us some fucking money. Yeah. Everyone here is ready to fart. It's the APA part of the John Bradshaw's career. Saved his career. It's even better than that. It's the I love my favorite is the pre APA part where Ron Simmons still looks like a fucking monster. I think this was a great tag team, and here's why I think it was I a absolutely great tag team agree. It was a great tag team. I agree. We're the same, you and I. I think that it's the only it's the first time I can remember on WWF television that a black man and a white man were in a tag team, and at no point were they like, "I learned to jive from him." Oh, fuck. <laughs> you're right. I hate that you're right. <laughs> like, Coco Beware and... Uh, Owen Hart? Owen Hart, maybe. Like, I'd have to watch their promos, but I'm certain that Owen Hart was like, <laughs> he teaches me how to rap. Yeah. <laughs> <Or> whatever. <laughs> and then Coco Beware is like, and he taught me manners. <laughs> Co- coming up against the Quebecers, it's high voltage. <laughs> I can dance now. Now I smoke cool cigarettes. <laughs> so exactly 
So I don't. I think Vince McMahon's one of one of those people where he would be like, "No, black people aren't better at dancing. This is how you dance." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, just it doesn't make you better if you change what dancing is. <laughs> shimmy, shimmy, stand. Shimmy, shimmy, stand. Shimmy, shimmy, stand there. Drink a drink, not on your seat. Walk on dance. dance. Walk on dance floor. Make eye contact with tallest man. Get hard. <laughs> Find biggest man. Assert dominance by fighting. Yeah. That's dancing. Yeah. Um, so they were actually managed by the Jackal, which I didn't remember. Oh, yeah. Of course they were. They're managed by the Jackal. Let's talk about how much JBL started bullying him all the time, all the yeah. fucking time. So this is exactly it. This is what I'm saying. Three years in, he now has the footing he needs. This is a lot like, this This feels like Rome, where JBL just sussed out politically. He had enough allies that he could start um, making his move, which is essentially bullying everyone who just got there. Oh, like, yeah. You understand how much of a shit person this is? This is like a guy who's worked at your work <laughs> not that long is now the, asserting himself as, I've been here forever. You can't fucking do that. Like, dude, you you were three failed cowboys. Slow the fuck down. He's also not the manager. It's not like it's the fucking Undertaker, Triple H. It's not the guy. Like, if you think of it as it's a restaurant, it's not the manager. The other dishwasher is like, I wash dishes yeah. better than you. No, this, yeah, this is legit. At McDonald's, the guy gets promoted to lead line cook. Yeah. They had to, in- but they invented that position. That's not a real position. Exactly. They just gave him an extra thing on his title because they knew he was weird and they didn't want to give him a raise. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bitch. Nice. We're good at analogies. So, the, the if you don't, haven't seen this era of the APA, this is when uh, they had the, like, the chests, the chest uh, writing on. Um, they had symbols painted on their chest, the Necronomicon, uh, the gate of Yog uh, Sothoth pentagram on their back tights, black tights, sorry. Um, after Jackal left the WWF, uh, that's when Farouk and Bradshaw joined the Ministry of Darkness, and this is where they, they're basically the heavies for The Undertaker, and in this role, I thought they were absolutely great. They were absolutely fantastic. They played the perfect sort of, like, double enforcers for the Ministry. The Ministry, weirdly, is a, is a group or a wrestling faction, which I don't actually like that word, um, that doesn't get enough sort of credit and play for how on point they were how interesting they were how much they elevated the undertaker's character like everyone talks about the fucking american badass being awful him being satanist weird dark priest actually really worked until he started crucifying people and he legitimately hung the big boss man like that was like oh crap but the, all the stuff leading up to that was spectacular yeah and sorry just one sec <coughs> you have uh you have yawning i'm gonna take up sneezing oh. so so uh it's yeah it's great they're they're just uh they're two great heavies in the ministry of darkness uh which at one point had two tag teams and how do you do that one guys are one group of guys are fast and the other guys punch some back yeah and I- it really gets him over as like what he needs to do. No talking, just get out there, be like be stiff with people, hit people with the on the back with your fucking <laughs> with your big stupid fucking hammers and beat the shit out of people. The the real the real and I can you can see it watching it, the real switch, unfortunately, and the thing that makes him go nuclear as far as being stiff and being a bully in the ring is because is because he uh the the public enemy thing where they shoot on public enemy and they beat the living fucking shit out of them 
that's the that's the night that basically teaches JBL. Oh, I can be a bully everywhere now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. If you haven't seen the match, it looks like uh two uh two college football players beating the shit out of two sad divorced men. That's what it is. It's just these guys. They clearly are down on their luck. They just got fired from the plant, and now they're losing a fight to two angry guys whose wives uh, fuck them, but not enough that they still like that. Yeah, they're right. Yeah. The well, again, this is goes to my theory. JBL is a secret gay man. All anytime he gets any power, he instead of just being himself and dating a man beats up people that he feels are weaker than him because weakness is the worst. <laughs> that would have been good if his type was Rocco Rock. I bet you it was. So up until the... Uh, let's just go from right right here. He has attacked and hurt the public enemy. He got the gar- he, he got the Hardy Boys to start drinking. <laughs> oh, this is the best part. Yeah, he, he bullied the Hardy Boys until they developed debilitating alcohol problems. That and then what's after that? Then he also beat up. Oh, we just were talking Mark, Don fu- Callis. Don Callis. Anyone else? Don Callis started uh, changing in his car, and JBL was like, "You think you're too good for me to fucking show me your dick? I want to see your fucking dinger in the showers." And then, uh, then he had and the. Then he started changing in his car, and then he bullied Matt Hardy into like trying to put a toothpick in Don Callis's lock so he couldn't get out of his car so he'd like miss uh so he'd miss the show and then Callis said that wasn't my car I never I just changed to my car without incident <laughs> like, it's the best which is totally what it is basically Don Callis uh comes into the company uh he's good but Vince doesn't really like him so what JBL does susses out sees the situation Vince doesn't like this guy I can bully this guy so he bullies him that's exactly what he always does he just susses out who's lower than him on the totem pole and asserts his hierarchy by doing that also i think a big uh, part of him being a bully was i didn't think about this till now but being in a tag team with ron simmons probably gave him the license too because ron simmons was so fucking um you know he was so loved in the locker room that's a yeah that's very true and also one of the things is that uh, Ron Simmons, but also Ron Simmons got away and was just as bad. Ron Simmons was bullying the Hardy Boys too, was bullying um, Public Enemy. Like, it's very interesting where everyone's like, that charming Ron Simmons, he was just as bad as JBL. He just apparently did it a lot nicer or something. It's fucking weird. Yeah, because I don't know what the thing is. It's just Ron Simmons would do it and then he would probably just do it once, I assume. I don't know. I wasn't there, obviously. We're just two dorks talking about what... What we've heard other people say happened in this locker room. But from all the stories I've read, it seems like JBL would take it just like keep on going. Like like every time the Hardys crossed him, crossed him in the hallway. And think about this. Like Matt Hardy and Jeff Hardy are like 5'10". JBL's 6'6". Six, six. He's going, go to hell, fucker, and just yelling it in their face. It's like a fucking shitty high school movie. When they say hello. Keep in mind, this is a, pro- yeah. this is a professional corporate environment moving towards being a publicly yeah. traded company. This is the other thing I want to discuss. How the fuck has he survived that? Like, he's the the. We'll get to the fucking Ronaldo thing in a minute because that you can tell they had to be like, oh, we have to drastically reduce his role. This could crumble the company. If all of this came out in legal documents now, if like Ronaldo was like, this is a history of abuse they've been covering up for twenty years, they could lose yeah. the company because right there, saw so, like um. They'd be like, you. they had to have known this. That's 20 years. 
see you in fucking hell, we're out, and then they are in some real fucking trouble. Yeah, well, they would displace Vince McMahon because he essentially gives the go-ahead to be like, no, this is fine, this is how wrestling Yeah, this is, how, and this, is, this is competition because he's the bigger man and they're weak. They have long hair, he has short hair. He's better. Yeah. When he's in, when he's in Germany, he does the goose step, which I like, because they should have won. <laughs> And uh, then he does the same thing. To, they beat the shit out of the Dudleys, too. So they become like the locker room enforcers. And now it's 1999, and JBL is essentially given full... He's like... He's fully bloomed into, I'm a fucking bully. And it's f- legitimately only four years he's been working for this company. Um, but the most important thing, storyline-wise, is that the APA turns babyface and becomes the act like protection uh, agency so wrestlers hire them uh, for protection they're over like they're winning strong like if you beat the APA you are fucking top of the pops because they don't lose to anybody they are the bad man tings they're bad man tings uh and they come out with the greatest shirt of all time APA and then <laughs> and then on the front it says Acolyte Protection Agency on the back. No, sorry, on the back it says Acolyte Protection Agency and on the front it says always pounding ass. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I have that tattooed on my I have that tattooed on my pubis mound. Hey, uh, John. Yeah. Always pounding ass. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course it is. It's very funny. That's one of the uh, that's one of the things we're wrestling doesn't realize how like whenever a guy would come out and be like you screwed me well i'm gonna screw you (laughs) 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 this is good stuff that means sex (laughs) yeah it means hey you fucked me i want to fuck you i want to fuck you in the ring under the big lights yeah. You screwed me hard, and now I'm going to beat your backside with my dick. <laughs> they win the uh, they win the titles a bunch of times, and this is the other thing is like they're just outside of. We have Edge, the Hardys, or the ENC, the Hardys, and the Dudleys, and they're having these great matches, and then sometimes the Acolytes are there and like you beat you beat us. <laughs> like it's just. Yeah. They have a great role. Oh, and you know why that they weren't? They were originally supposed to be involved in the tables, tables, ladders, and chairs match. You know why they weren't involved? It's really interesting because they're not as good. No, because JBL was like, "Our thing is we'd bring a gun," and he was like, "I want to bring a gun in the ring." So we'll just shoot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they wouldn't have had another thing. They would have been like tables, ladders, chairs, and fuck you. Yeah, fuck, fu- yeah, fu- fuck you. Fuck you. That's what it is. Fuck you. Uh, tables. How about the end of the match? I fuck Jeff and then no one's there and then it's not taped and it's in my bed and <laughs> he loves me. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, it's not taped and he loves me. That's very dark. Go ahead, Dylan. Why is that dark? It's very funny. Why is that dark? I'm laughing at your fun joke. <laughs> This is another. This is from Ivory. This is uh, from an Ivory shoot interview, but this uh, this speaks a lot to JBL's attitude. Is that he was like super. He was always regarded as a bully, and then uh, like you know what I mean. If you were just there for a second, he would shoot on. He shot on a guy uh, in a tryout match and hurt them. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Makes sense. Oh, I'm just trying to live my dream. Dreams are bad, <laughs> but. 
he fucking when his when Lesnar shows up, he uh had his fucking nose up his butt because he knew this is the play politically, right? Of course, because he also knows he's like, well, I can't, I can beat up a job guy. I'm not gonna be yeah, able. Yeah, he cannot. I'm not gonna be able to. Cannot in, meet up Rock Lesnar. Like intimidate a guy who just ate a car door because someone called him a girl. <laughs> that is so funny because it's like Brock Lesnar. Even wrestlers who are, like, so fucking deluded about, like, who they could beat up in a fight, like Ric Flair thinking Dolph Ziggler could beat up Conor McGregor and shit like that. Uh, Brock Lesnar is the, oh, no, I mean, no, no one, uh, oh, you can just do whatever you want, sir, Mr. Lesnar, sir. Yeah, very nice to see you. (laughs) Mark Mark Merrow had a really funny thing where it was, like, uh, him and Sable were, like, trying to work things out when she started dating Lesnar, and... He was, like, all pissed off. He's like, I don't know who the fuck this next man is, but I'm going to beat the shit out of him. And then he learned it was Brock Lesnar, and he was like, you know what? People change. It's fine. <laughs> Very funny. I got to tell you, good for that man. Just be like, what? All right, cool. <laughs> oh, wait. Yeah. That's fine, then. Yeah. You have my blessing. Do whatever you want to her, my mom, anybody. Just don't. Don't and don't make it all go black, Dark. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Brock. Don't make it all go black. Ga- don't kill me. Game set and match, Brock. Very good. All right. See you later. Do you remember? Do you remember blonde-haired singles, Bradshaw? Uh, are you meaning before APA or after APA before JBL? Yes. No. <laughs> it was horrible. It was really bad. Of course it was. He cut his hair and he had like a almost like a mushroom cut. It was so bad. They were trying to push him, and they uh, pushed him with a hardcore title, and uh, called it, he called it the Texas hardcore title. It was really bad. Uh, of course he did, because he's also a fucking nerd loser fuck. Like, hey, JBL, it's me again. Anytime, buddy. Anytime you want to. We'll, we'll physically fight in a parking lot. You, <laughs> you fucking suck. You're the biggest bully I've ever fucking encountered outside of a fucking politician. Come at me. I'll get. How about this? Fucking Bill Watts didn't answer my challenge. JBL, $1,000 to the charity of your choice if you and I fight for 10 minutes. And by the way, I'm going to hit you in the fucking back of the head with a tire iron and then piss in your mouth the way you probably pissed you pissed on the Hardy Boys' soul by making them drink for no reason when they were 20. You, and also, Texas sucks my ass, you dumb tall fuck. Nice. Yeah. I mean, we have some listeners in Texas, so I'd like to say, I love Texas. And I hate Georgia, unless we have listeners there, too. I'll check that. And if, if we do, I like Georgia, too. I'm an Oklahoma man. <laughs> Boomer Sooner Hastings. Yeah. Crimson Way, baby. So he does, I'm from Texas with blonde hair, JBL, and that sucks, because they didn't even change his tights. He's just like, I am I love Satan and Texas or something. I don't know. We're just trying everything. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you what else is hot besides Texas. Hell. That's the weird thing. Like, the whole time they're their beer drinking, swilling APA, they're also, they still have the pentagram all over their tights, and that's really funny to it me. It took them so long to get new tights. It's my favorite when they don't update the tights. They're just like, yeah. Like, cause it's, it's, that's one of the things wrestlers have to spend money on. So they, he's just, you could just see me. It's like, nah. <laughs> I do like the idea of like a bar, uh, just a guy who's a demon, but he's still just a barfly in hell. <laughs> That's what they should, they should have just put him as a makeup. I don't know. This is all Vince Russo territory. I'm just glad that I don't remember JBL ever doing a uh, character in the late <laughs> 90s where he had to interact with like a lady. 
Oh, you know, that's probably that that's because he probably kept pitching things that even made Vince Russo uncomfortable. It's just it, he probably pitched things the way that um Steven Seagal pitched sketches when he hosted Saturday Night Live. This was a legitimate What were they? A sketch that uh, Steven Seagal pitched was I play a doctor who's raped his patients because that's what they do. And they're like, what? <laughs> that's not good. <laughs> like, I guarantee that was a JBL angle. Uh, yeah, I rape a woman and then it's fine because I'm from Texas. No. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, te- it's Texas rules. How about this? Me, I b- make May Young butt chug a real bottle of vodka. I stick it in her ass and everything. The bottle. Does that sound? Is, is that a fun uh, gimmick? But they split up. The, they once again they come back together. This is kind of like 2003. They do an acolytes uh, reunion angle, and this is kind of like exactly what they did with the Dudleys. They did it with the Hardys. Where essentially, I mean, the Hardys stuck a lot more. Matt was really good, and Jeff was obviously great on his own, as was Edging Christian. But with the Dudleys and the acolytes, it was like we're gonna split them up. And then, hey, look, JBL has blonde hair, and Bubba's Bubba tough, and Devon's a reverend, and. Farouk's just on his own. He's too tired to come up with a new character. <laughs> he, he is put it in neutral, and he's just letting it go. Oh, they're back together because all of those ideas were bad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then uh, my question for you is this. How do they get to JBL? This is the most interesting. I really like how they do this JBL trend. This is the one part of JBL's career I enjoy. So how do they get to the he becomes John Bradshaw Layfield? What do they do? Uh. Ooh. He, um, so he shows up, right? And then Farouk's, uh, there, and he said, and, uh, JBL live on air, uh, repeals the act, uh, that abolished slavery on television. Yeah, 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 that's actually true. He was just like, uh, the 13th Amendment don't count in Texas, mate. You were, you're, you're mine now. He's like, wait, what? And then, uh, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Farouk then actually has still been enslaved by JBL ever since. So that's the wrestler review, everybody. Please tune in next yeah, week. Say, psych, 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 psych. I had you guys going, didn't yeah. I? You guys were all be like, but there's so much time left. And I was like, teehee, it's all blank. Uh, J- JBL, JBL considers the I have a dream speech to be literally Martin Luther King Jr.'s dream and doesn't count. Um, <laughs> Kurt Angle breaks them up, and Farouk acts all upset, and JBL is like, "That's great, um, that's fucking great," and then literally just comes out as John Bradshaw Layfield. It's this like, it's basically like you always thought he was a dick. Well, guess what? He's a fucking dick. And it's a great twist on, like I said, it's like a J.R. Ewing character because they've done so many characters on WWE TV that are like rich dudes who are pieces of shit, and this is. Keep in mind, this is 2004, right in the heat of GWB's fucking presidency. He's just been reelected, and a lot of people are fucking pissed at him. And now he's going to be the oil tycoon piece of shit cowboy. It's great. Yeah, it's fucking insane. And yeah, he's basically the JR Union of fucking wrestling. It's awesome. It's fucking great. I got to tell you. Like, it's. The one thing I will say that I didn't really like is this is going to sound weird, is that he didn't. He didn't change the way he worked at all because if you're this character, if you're like the clean cut, I'm a smarmy asshole fucking cowboy boy, then you should have more wrestling moves because what he still has the exact same move set and whatever, and that's really more of a move set of like a no no shit ass kicker. That's a very good point. That but it's one of those things where he was such an interesting. But those moves still played into him being a chicken shit in a way because it's like, well, he's got one good move. That's about it. 
everything else, he's kind of just a piece of shit. Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, you're completely right. I just mean, like, for me, that was the thing where it's like, if you're going to come in with the satin jacket and the fucking towel underneath the jacket, which is, like, a look that's really, really good. Like, oh, yeah. Let me say this. Yep, like, yep, JBL's yep. a fucking asshole, but we've touted a lot of assholes on this. We're going to, we're doing uh, our, the second, next week we'll have the second part of our Chris Benoit series uh, on the Patreon feed. We're no strangers. This is wrestling to... Uh, we did a Dick Murdoch episode for Christ's sake for fucking complimenting assholes. This is great stuff. Like he comes into his own suddenly and out of nowhere. We got Dynamite Kid and fucking um, Ox Baker in the pipeline. Get ready to hear about some fucking dicks. Yeah. Oh no no no. The, <laughs> yeah. the JBL face of his career is absolutely fucking fantastic. And keep in mind, they did some. This was the last gasp of them doing some crazy shit. He rode a horse and tried to corral Mexicans to go back into Mexico. Like yeah, that was fucked up. Yeah, the Eddie Guerrero feud was also insane because Eddie Guerrero and JBL had this chemistry where I'm sure even if they did get along backstage, it just felt like Eddie Guerrero's entire vibe wasn't I have to beat this guy. It was fuck this guy, and it came it came across so fucking well. It was so fucking good. This is what I don't like about it though, uh, is that the the racist heel ended up winning. Like, he beats Eddie for the title, and he has a really long run. And the, and the next guy that beats him is John Cena. Like, I hate that. Well, this is the problem, is that he was also very much a politicking. His best friend, he, he is beloved by Bruce Pritchard, who is basically the most important person in creative at that time. And also Jim Ross really likes him as well. So he's fucking, he's got it made in the shade. And again, I disagree with what they did. They should have put the what they should have done is put the belt back on Eddie six months before yeah. WrestleMania and have Eddie be a heel where Eddie has to go so fucking because Eddie's one of the few people that could have done this do and do it believably, which I don't understand why they don't ever do this anymore. Which is you beat up the heel to the point that it's fucking uncomfortable and you become the bad guy. They just don't do that anymore. But that's oh, they did that with uh, Johnny Gargano just now in NXT. He was like, got revenge on his tag partner to the point where he went to the dark side and now him and his tag partner are back together because they're heels. Like, I mean, that, that the, the end of that is really stupid, but the beginning of it's great. Like, why don't you just do that? Because yeah, you got to keep the guy heel. It's kind of the thing where it's like you see the dark side, you know what I mean? Even though I killed your dad, you'll see that rage is the answer and... Oh, thank you for teaching me. It's fucking Darth Vader, baby. Exactly. Come on, come on. Do that with Eddie Guerrero. So then it's also he gets some vengeance on racism and it just shows how fucking. And, but also it puts over fucking JBL, which. And I know why it was, by the way, is JBL's like, I'm too big. I cannot lose to this fucking person. No, the real thought was the real thought was, uh, and this has been confirmed in multiple shoot interviews by multiple people in the company, was that they Eddie was putting all this pressure on himself being champion, and the thought was that he was going to have a relapse. Oh because shit! Because he was fucking so stressed out. Yeah, so they took the title off of him, which is crazy because it's like, oh, you're not. <laughs> oh, by the way, like it's so weird to be like, oh, we have no confidence in you as a person anymore. You're like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, we're going to take that belt off of you, which is a whole thing you really love in life. Uh, so now you'll out of depression, have a relapse. Like, I just don't, <laughs> this is, this is the same company, by the way, that while Scott Hall was trying to kick booze, made Stone Cold Steve Austin pour real beer in his mouth. So he puked everywhere during that angle where Stone Cold kidnaps Scott Hall. Like, he was taking the fucking... I don't know what it's called. He was taking the stuff that makes you puke when alcohol is in your system, and Stone Cold poured real beer down his throat and made him puke everywhere after that. Because, because as Bruce Pritchard said, if we shouldn't have to gimmick beers. Yeah, and also... 
Oh, the whole thing. So, and also she gave because uh, he was taking that weird pill that made you throw up if you touched alcohol, which they definitely knew. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. No, they knew that. Yeah, they knew that. <sighs> yeah, it's fucked up. Like this, com- <laughs> this, this company, like you said, 2000 to 2000, and like up until the Benoit murder, murders is r- like really, really wrestling is off the fucking rails. <sighs> like it's like this is too. This is it, it's it's. Just over 10 years ago that all this shit's going down. Of course, in 2004, this is when he does the uh, goose stepping in Yeah! Something Dylan loves because he agrees with it. Well, yeah, for sure. My favorite thing is, though, CNBC fired him after that incident. Um, But he was hired by Fox News. Boom. (laughs) Fox News, who said, (laughs) we're going to hire you just off the goose stepping. Knowing that you were fired by CNBC is a plus. Yeah. Wait a minute. You can talk? Cool. We were just going to have you do that behind us. Hey, we saw uh, you doing that thing on a horse with the Mexicans. You want to do that on our news channel? <laughs> That's- You're not a porn star? Because Roger Ailes has literally been jacking off to that. <laughs> this is cool, though. They have the they have the cabinet uh, at the JBL's cabinet, which is the Basham Brothers and uh, Orlando Jordan. And Woo! it's great. It's real fun. Got to say. It's a really enjoyable time, and uh, yeah, and, it, and people look back at this as being shit. I thought Orlando Jordan played such a good second fiddle. The Bashams, I thought it was great. The Bashams were great, and then they had him have an assistant who had that weird fucking mole on her face that the boogeyman ate. That was just, and this is also when the boogeyman comes in. The boogeyman's fun to remember, but when you were watching wrestling while he was there, it was just like, oh fuck you, like just boo. Oh, Jillian Hall, who. I don't see this in any of the research, but I know from uh, reading up on it earlier, did not have a good time in the WWE. Of course Does not. Does not have good things to say about it. Oh, I wonder why. I bet you it's because fucking old fucking JBL was just like, ah, you know who's better than you? Me. <laughs> Here's what, all right. Uh, JBL said he passed the torch to John Cena, which really enrages me because it's like, it's not like you let that happen. It's not like that was your suggestion. Vince came in and was like, this is the next this is the next Hulk Hogan and you were like, you know what? I'll lose to him. It's not Andre Hulk. It's let's just fucking you're the Iron Sheik. <laughs> like, yeah, you're fucking, you're the fucking you're not even the Iron Sheik. You're the fucking you're Stan the you're Stan the man Stasiak, you dumb fuck. Yeah. I think the Iron Sheik is a good comparison for JBL because it's like a good heel who like it was a great who was a good champion, but just like not you're gonna not build a company around him. But he beats John and this is the best thing about the John Cena thing. I remember watching that WrestleMania live and John Cena won in like nine minutes with no struggle whatsoever. <laughs> he just like ducked a clothesline from hell, hit him with the AA, just pinned him. And it was like so clear that John Cena was gonna win. And there was no going to be a challenge. What were you going to say? There was an issue with that. There was like they went like the whole Hogan segment went too long, so they had to cut it right down. Oh okay. So oh shit. All right. So then they were just like, ah, he wins. I think it works though because it's kind of like you don't really want to see him have a tic tac fight with JBL, who's won every one of his. They did a great heel job here because when him having the cabinet, essentially, JBL would just get the shit kicked out of him. JBL starts winning because he attacks the guy from behind. Then Babyface gets the advantage again. Then Orlando Jordan comes in and holds the guy's leg when he goes off the ropes. Guy turns around, clothesline from hell, pinned. Every single fucking title defense was like that. 
and they all worked. And it's just simple shit. Yeah, this I- guy can't win unless he's cheating. But he's got, but he's got a knockout punch. And when he hits you with that, like what, what equivalent of a knockout punch, the clothesline from hell, you're gonna go down and you lose. Um, it's great. Absolutely. Um, the other thing that uh, I just wanted to address is. That the way that that was structured, so it was only nine minutes, also made John Cena look way fucking better than Batista, because everyone watched this cool guy who was rapping and making fun of people beat the fuck out of a guy that everyone hated in nine minutes, and then they watched Batista struggle for thirty to beat Triple H, and then John Cena became the biggest thing in the company. It's it's and the the fact that anyone's surprised is really ridiculous. Well. I mean, we'll talk about this more on a like a Batista John Cena episode. We did a Cena episode, but we'll do another series just because, like I said, that was us fucking just do a little one hour on Cena, which is that guy should have like a fucking six part series. But the thing about Cena is it was a duality of kids started really liking it, w- liking John Cena when they were decided to go PG and Batista was much more of like an attitude era, cool guy who beats the shit out of people, yeah. baby face. Yeah. And also, the interview where Batista said that Raw was better than SmackDown, so they sent Batista to SmackDown and Cena to Raw, and then that kicked everything off. I love wrestling so much. Say the thing that the owner believes, not in public. Goodbye. Exactly. So fucking stupid. But let's do this, baby. Let's talk about JBL specifically bullying people. Oh, he bullied yeah. Justin Roberts horribly. Joe. He to the point where he took his fucking passport. Yeah, when he was in a foreign country, he committed a federal crime. That is a federal crime. Hey, that's a that's a rib. Put him in Yeah, it's yeah, very funny, JBL. I fucking hate this guy. Uh committed a federal crime. Uh, um Justin Roberts. Uh, let me just get my notes so I can look at this as well. Keep going with the list. I got I did a fun. Uh, I did a fun prank to Stephen Hawking. I killed him. Yeah, yeah. He's dead now. Fun prank. Oh, here's a fun prank. Uh, anytime anyone shows weakness, I rape their kids. <laughs> what a rib. Um. Hey, do you hear about uh, Jerry Lawler ribbing all those twelve-year-olds? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just hear uh, Mean Gene Okerlund. His idea of a rib is he fucks someone in the ribs when they're dead. <laughs> what a rib Ooh. so this is obviously justin roberts steals his passport the one of the more famous ones is uh him and blue meanie which was thank you yes that, oh do you know how that started i looked up this shoot interview jbl is a piece of shit do you know how he got heat with the um, the only thing blue meanie can think of this is how he got heat with jbl do you know what it is it's so fucked up he yelled at him before the match in character nope that is not what it is. Oh, he called him an asshole in an interview online. Incorrect again. I don't know. The heat stems from when Blue Meanie was in the Attitude Era WWE. He got hired last minute to join Goldust and all that sort of stuff. And so they put him on a plane with all the other wrestlers. And because it was last minute, it was cheaper to get him a first class ticket than a regular class ticket. So he was in first class, and then JBL and a bunch of other wrestlers were not. Uh, and The Undertaker felt that that was inappropriate. So JBL thought Blue Meanie was a piece of shit. That's that's ridiculous. And so basically he would just be like, he was like, yeah, anytime I saw him, he was fucking crazy rude and all this sort of stuff. And yeah, he's a horrible piece of, he's a sociopath. Because he's like, that guy got something I didn't get. That's bad. The one man I values told me to destroy you. I fucking... The more I hear about The Undertaker, the more I'm like, what a fucking loser. Yeah. Like, <laughs> just what a fucking loser. Yeah. Oh, and also, Mark Calloway, guess what, you vegan fuck? 
I will fucking hit you over the head with your dumb cane. Your kids are gross, and all are, all of your wives are fucking you stupid. Go, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I get him, John. Yeah. Tattoo another woman's name on your neck, you dumb fuck. You hillbilly. That's dumb. Yeah, you're a hillbilly with money. Diamond Dallas Page is a better wrestler and a better man. You fucking piece of shit. Also, falling in line with the public enemy's body type, uh, this is also another type of guy that JBL would shoot on because <laughs> this is like exactly the same thing as him shooting on. He only shoots on short, fat guys. Yeah, because he knows he can beat them up. He knows he can take them. Yeah, exactly. He's a bully. He's a bully. Yeah. But I will say this. He is that match on Raw with, uh, or sorry, SmackDown with uh, the Blue Meanie where Steven Richards interferes and gives him the craziest chair shot. <laughs> it's fucking insane. Yeah, of course. But that's like, th- that was the payback. That, But I only remember that chair shot and the DDT. I don't remember that, you know, JBL uh, just won 90% of the fucking match. Because, I mean, that's what's going to happen. Like, he's still the fucking former champion and whatever. You need clear lines. Like, guy coming into the company isn't going to, like, get over on the fucking... You know what I mean? Guy, The BWO is not going to beat down JBL, but... I just love in wrestling, by the way, that that's how you, like... This guy beat you, This guy committed assault on you because he's a sociopath. How do you teach him not to do that again? Oh, a thin yoga instructor is going to give him a concussion. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to get beat up by Nancy. Yeah, break my That's nose. So You're going to get CTE, motherfucker. <laughs> well, enjoy murdering your family, buddy. Yeah, enjoy not knowing what that ringing noise is. Ha-ha. <laughs> <laughs> So this is the all right. So this is JBL. He's feuding at the upper card. He's uh, the United States champion, as you mentioned. He feuds with the Boogeyman. A uh, bit of a feud with Rey Mysterio and Bobby Lashley. And really, what happens is he's got a crazy back injury, so he has to leave uh, in ring full time and become a color commentator. I will say this: when he started being color commentator. He was great. Everyone had a lot of great things to say about him. And now he's kind of fallen down to the point where he just was, you know what I mean? Michael! Just, Michael! That's what he did. I fucking yeah. hate him, too. I don't. I didn't like him as a color commentator once. It wasn't interesting. He, really? He, he, he would start talking. So start talking. This is what he would always do. So start talking. And I just want you to wind up at a point, like, behaving. Oh, Mr. Kennedy's in the ring. He's naked. Let me tell you about Mr. Mr. Kennedy being is. Clearly, you were driving towards a point. Stop interrupting. And what it was is, and Mauro Ronaldo talked about this, is that he would he would literally just do whatever Vince McMahon said in his earpiece at that moment, as opposed to every other commentator would not switch up tone or anything like that because a one man was just like, talk about shoes now. Like, it's just like, what? No. <laughs> but that's what you do. You just do what Vince says, and he's like, very good. That was the best thing I've ever seen. Exactly. You did what I said. Exactly right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, you just you pointed at the ring post and said N word. Good, 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 good. <laughs> this is my favorite thing is like Mr. Kennedy, uh Mr. Anderson says that he's not a bully, JBL isn't a bully, and then tells this story. He's like, I don't believe JBL is a bully. One time, so they hired a guy, uh, named Palmer his character is Palmer Cannon. His uh real name is Brian Mailhot. <laughs> and hi- yeah i know <laughs> that's probably why i liked him so or i hated him he's like male not hot don't make the evil thoughts come why aren't you named brian girls hot <laughs> him you know who bullied him who br- bullied old man hot was uh 
Him and Chris Benoit. Oh, no. <laughs> and Mr. Kennedy said, why are you treating the guy like this? He's a nice guy. And Benoit said, well, my neighbor's a nice guy. It doesn't belong in their fucking ring or locker room. He's an actor. Hey, JBL. 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 I know you jacked off to the photos of Chris Benoit's dead son. Try and stop me from saying these things. You imagine if, like, <laughs> like you said, like, you know, uh, Wayne Gretzky's on Saturday Night Live or something, and then, like... Phil Hartman's just a dick to him. Goes, this is my locker room. <laughs> what the fuck? He keeps barking. Weird bullshit. My yard. Ho, 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 ho. My yard. It's my yard. Anyway, now I'm going to go play an effeminate waiter for the sixth time today. <laughs> like, oh, fucking Christ. I want you to remember that this is where we're real men fucking work. Now hand me my cowboy hat. I have to go get into my car so I don't walk all the way to the ring. <laughs> So after his crazy back injury, uh, JBL comes back, and I'm going to say top five grossest body I've ever seen on television post-back injury. Ooh, baby. He had saggy old lady boobs. Yeah, he does not. It's worse than Ric Flair's ever had. He somehow had nipples that were longer than his nose. Yeah. He, it was awful. I think he actually, one of the cures for back pain evidently was breastfeeding. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> That's a girl thing to do. That's bad. Yeah, you're weak. Unlike us who are strong men. We're strong, powerful men. Strong. Strong, powerful, Strong man. powerful men. Strong, when you suck on man. my boobs, Strong, monster energy man. drink comes out. <laughs> That's how fucking alpha I am. Yeah, it's weird that you are that alpha. My nut, Red Bull. Suck. I nut Red Bull and I shit vodka. Let's have a drink. <laughs> ooh, ooh. That'll be my, that'll be new wrestler review shirt. I shit vodka. I nut Red Bull I and I shit vodka. vodka. <laughs> Let's have a drink. That's my new character for the always pounding ass agency. <laughs> that's what the, the new- let me fuck you in the ass agency. Yeah, yeah, that's our new podcast where we just review closeted sadosexual homosexuals. J- oh, buddy, we got that. I already said I think Chris Benoit is gay. <laughs> Let's do this, buddy. You know who also? Oh, we should have talked about this. You want to talk about off the hop? But I found a tweet. Uh, I thought Chris Benoit was gay. I came to that on my own. And what else? What else, John? Who else thinks he's gay? Bill Watts. Bill Watts. <laughs> Boom. Me and the cowboy riding again. <laughs> I'm gonna write an essay to Hank Aaron about how I've I've got five black friends. Yeah. <laughs> That's what the title's called. It's a hamburger paragraph, and then it's just their Facebook pages. And I'm like, in conclusion, five black friends. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think you'll find you're wrong about who's black. <laughs> um. But now he's a, he's been a commentator off and on, and he was accused of bullying Mauro Ranallo yeah. because Mauro Ranallo was open. Why not about the bully fact- a bipolar yeah. guy? <laughs> open about the fact that he had a incredibly dangerous um, 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 uh, mental illness. So why not call him yep. a little bitch for it? To the point that it triggered oh, yeah. his mental illness. Now here's where justice is served. That gets leaked to the internet. And people find out about it, and oh boy, do they have to scramble pretty quickly to be like, and you can tell, they fucking call in the big guns, because every fucking wrestling podcast around that time was like, you know, I never found him to be that bad, oh by the way, I have a Legends contract now. Like, they scrambled. Yeah, well this is also around the time where Bill DeMott gets caught for... Oh, fuck yeah, it was right around the same time. Yeah, 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 yeah. What's the performance letter? What's the performance center like? Well, uh, Bill DeMott uh, demands to see all the naked women who have sent me... uh, (laughs) All the naked women that I have on my phone. 
and uh, then he calls me gay, and I still don't know how to run the ropes. Like that's <laughs> what the whole thing is. But we had a class called we had a class called Make Me Hard, where he just made one woman punch me in the dick. <laughs> but we kind of end on a happy note because although this does happen before, uh, before JB uh, before he bullies Moro Ronaldo. He does go on a hiatus from bullying anybody uh, for a long time because Joey Styles knocked him unconscious. Yeah! And listening to the Something to Wrestle With audio clip where Bruce Pritchard talks about how Joey Styles knocked out JBL is so good because he downplays it so much. He just goes, yeah, and then he punched him. I don't understand what the problem is. Like, your fucking shit friend got his comeuppance is what happened. Well, it's also one of those things where don't really, like, of course, of course he got knocked up by Joey Styles. And, of course, Joey Styles, who clearly knows how to fight, was just like, you know, bitches be bitches, I guess. I don't really want to talk about it. As opposed to <laughs> JBL. Like, as opposed to JBL, who, like, gave the Hardy Boys a monkey for their back, and he... Literally, it's just like, it's what I taught him to be a man. You're only a man if you burn down one of your houses. Yeah. And for sure, don't pick a fight with the guy who's, first of all, undercover ripped because he wears still wears suits from the late 90s. That I maintain he's not undercover ripped, but, I, but we can look argue at him. about look this. At him. Look the, at a fucking no, picture I'm, of him. I'm going to look at him one right now. I'm bringing one up right the fuck now. I have internet now because I'm a real boy, and I'm going to look at a... Real hot photo of Joey Styles. Also, I'll say this. If you see a man with... This is something I will say. If you see a man with glasses... He's okay? not ripped. He's not fucking ripped. Uh, uh, okay. No. Can I tell you something? No, I'm not saying ripped. I'm, right, I shouldn't have said ripped. Buff. Here, all right. Here's, here's something. If you see a man with glasses, and then he starts talking about how the government gets involved in his finances too much, he knows a weird fighting style. <laughs> <laughs> because he's convinced that that they're going to run out of gasoline in two years, and he's going to be in the Thunderdome. Tina Turner's going to be telling him to fight, and goddamn it, he's going to beat up Mad Max. I think I gotta. I, I, I yeah, I got to agree with you there. Actually, damn. Like I assume Joey Styles just went, like, you know, he was like, uh, "Nice glasses, you fucking nerd." And then Joey Styles was like, "The sequence starts now." And then he blacked out, woke up, covered in blood, going, I am the king. Yeah, no, no, no. I actually, what happened was is that uh, Taz called him a yam bag three weeks earlier. And he finally figured out what that was as JBL just walked by and just went, gay. And then he just, yeah, he woke up covered in mucus wearing JBL's cowboy hat. <laughs> or he's one of, or he's one of, uh, Gene Okerlund's like Cylons or whatever. <laughs> Gene Okerlund went, hey, Joey, I'd sure like some apple pie, princess. And that's the trigger word. He just blacks out and wakes up like, did I do it again, mummy? Yeah. Yes, you did. You did a good job. Yeah. Mummy is pleased. Now come here and suck mummy's dick. <laughs> now suck on the appreciation tree. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh this episode is fucking horrible. Dylan, what's the best thing about JBL? I got mine. Clothesline. I think he he brought the clothesline back as a viable finishing move, and I don't think uh, and I've, he's done a lot of bad things. But uh, I mean, that's good. <laughs> Mine is he hurt his back and is no longer able to live his dream. That's the best thing. About 
That's good stuff. <laughs> the tra- the thing the thing that a piece of shit the, the 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 shitty fucking thing is this piece of shit bully had a longer time achieving his dream than Eddie Guerrero <laughs> did. And that I think he never got the only silver lining here is that he never got the moment where he was the baby face and he won in his hometown. Great. That never happened. G- but good. He was champion for 280 days and one of the longest reigns and like that that's shit that's fucking shit because him he's kind of the same agreeable nice guy in the locker room like he could have had the he in many ways kind of mirrors the godfather's career where he's like a big dude so they always have something for him and he's a company man but the godfather's i appreciate you thing was the intercontinental title and jbl got the world title and that's shit but that's the way uh, life goes sometimes. The worst thing about JBL, he's a bully and a piece of shit. Uh, yeah. Oh, fun fact. You know what Eddie Guerrero and JBL have in common? No. Neither one of them fucked Vicky Guerrero. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. Eddie still has the greatest story of meeting his wife of all time. Oh, fuck. We talked about it on the show. What was it? Uh, well, we talked about it in the Vicky Guerrero episode, but this is my favorite. This might, this might be... This makes you... Like, a lot of wrestlers, you hear about them, and then you're like, I mean, I guess he was cool, but Eddie Guerrero showed up 30 minutes late for for his date and then said hold on one sec to vicky took a lap of the bar to see if there are any hotter chicks around oh there wasn't <laughs> so he fucking uh, what he fucking completed the date she stood there while he walked around the bar scoping out the scene i dig it oh man that's funny i like because he bought her a drink and i like the idea if he found a hotter girl he would have just like taken the drink <laughs> yes mine <laughs> Taking the drink back, gone to the bar, got some ice water to fill it up to the top so it looks like a new one. <laughs> this tastes a bit watery. Yeah, I don't know what they're doing here. Yeah, just <laughs> kissed on the forehead and walked oh. away. Just everything. Lovable piece of shit. Anyway, so that's JBL. Uh, next week, we'll be back with a guy who will make JBL look like... Can I say yep. my worst thing about him? Oh, yeah, sorry. Still breathes air. <laughs> yeah, he's... You know what the worst thing about him is? Is that all these horrible stories and he's still doing fine. Oh, yeah, but when he... He lives in Bermuda with his wife, for fuck's sake. Yeah, you know, but yeah, but oh, his wife, yes. Yeah, but is that what they're calling an 11-year-old boy? <laughs> nice. Get him, get him, get him, get him, get him, get him, get him. It's just about a year before he goes rot. I, I want... If someone can get this episode to JBL, John Bradshaw Layfield, anytime, anywhere... Let's fucking do this. You're going to fight John Bradshaw Lanefield. You're going to fight Bill Watts. No, no, it's no. Gonna no. Be a big I'm not going to fight Bill Watts. I challenge Bill Watts to produ- to genetically prove he's Cherokee. And if he does, I'll give him a thousand bucks. <laughs> DNA. Uh, Ancestry.com. Oh, yeah. And it was like a certain percentage, too. That's good. Yeah, of course. I don't fuck about. So that is the JBL episode. Thank you very much for listening, guys. Uh, for any information on shows, John's Soho Theater stuff. When's that coming up? February 8th and 9th. Everyone, please come. There are so many tickets to sell. 8th and 9th, Soho Theater, London, England. Be there. Hello, mate. Good day, mate. I hear you like that fake (laughs) grappling. That's good. (laughs) That's good. That was a spot-on English accent. And uh, I I have a tour coming up uh, with Peter White. The dates for that so far are January 11th in Peterborough, Ontario, Canada at Sapphire Room. And then we got January 12th to fill uh, in Guelph at E-Bar. It's Guelph, Ontario and E-Bar. And we have January 26th at Port Hope at Local 90. And February 3rd in Napanee, for Christ's sakes, Ontario. And I think that's the Lakefield Restaurant or something like that. 
And we have a date, uh, March 2nd at in Milton, at a theater in Milton. We'll be filling up other dates before that. Thanks very much for your time, guys. Go to at Dylan Gott on Twitter for any other information, at the John Hastings on Twitter for any other information about John's shows. Thanks very much for listening, and we'll see you guys next week, the Dynamite Kid. Bye-bye. Suck me!